Welcome to another episode of Call to Marriage. I'm Marcia. And I'm Thomas. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, today we're talking about life after marriage. And I think we've hit on a lot of uh, things about life after marriage in various episodes of our podcast so far. But today we're making a special episode just to talk about this topic. And before we uh, get into the details, let's share scripture. Colossians 3, verse 12. We're going to go until verse 17, starting at verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against another. Even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are also called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Amen. We're talking about life after marriage, as we said. And, well, to be honest, I chose the scripture because this is the scripture which I used this morning when I shared something at church. But I think it's applicable because just as this is, I think, um, what's the word? Pertaining to us being in the body one with another and how we ought to treat each other. We are one body, the body of Christ. Thomas and I also one body one flesh, right? We too became one flesh. And so these things are applicable, whether you're married into the body of Christ or whether you're married to, you know, a physical spouse, that you really do have to approach marriage with an attitude of thankfulness, with wisdom, with um, kindness, humility, long-suffering, all of those things. And I feel like being married, I learned more. Mm. I know I'm not always. <laughs> um, but I feel like I learned more to be more conscious, maybe, of doing things unto the Lord, specifically serving another person unto God. Mm. It's really selflessness, which is something we've talked about in another podcast as well. Selflessness. It's a way of, of showing thanksgiving to God. Yes, is loving others. Loving him as well and loving others. Yeah. Yeah. This scripture actually reminds me of what your mom told us after we got married, right? Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, my mother-in-law advised us to always forgive each other. Mm-hmm. Always. It doesn't matter what happens, we should Forgive as quickly as we can and just move on and not hold grudges against each other, which I think it's very important. It's very key to marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was a good advice. It also makes me think about the entire Christian life. One of the verses that I like in the Apostle Peter's epistles is first, Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 5. And Second Peter chapter 1 verse 5 says that, but also for this very reason, 
giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Wow. Which is powerful. And for me, it, ex- it even explains or adds more weight to what Paul talked about in Colossians 3. So my, the picture that I have in my mind is that in Christianity, we, we start with faith and we end in love. We start in faith and we end in love. Giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue. And then you add to virtue, knowledge. And you add to knowledge, self-control. You add to self-control, perseverance. You add to perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. So we are giving faith to begin with. We are giving faith in Christ. And then you, you start adding all these things on top of your faith until you grow to the point where you love people. And love is the consummation of all virtues where you forgive, where you lose yourself, you have self-control, you are able to be selfless, you are quick to do good and slow to be angry. You know, we know all the things that First Corinthians 13 talks about marriage. So that's a picture that I have in mind. I have been giving faith. What? You said talks about marriage, talks about love. Talks about love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's not that we are experts at anything, but we are growing into it. So it doesn't matter like the level that you are. You can learn to forgive more. You can learn to be selfless more. And all that is a process of growing you into becoming a loving person. When we think about loving someone, we always, well, we usually think of it as attaining something, reaching, I have it, I love this person, but it's, it's, it's a growth. You can always abound in it. And that's how I see it. So he was, he was speaking to a certain end that love yourselves. And this is how you, you practice the love that you desire to have for each other, forgive each other, let brotherly love grow and abound. Good. Oh, I guess I came in with my own scripture. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really good one. <laughs> yeah. I feel far from love after hearing all that. <laughs> you feel far from love? Yeah. <laughs> I I'm do like, too. Jeez, all the, there's all that stuff between faith and love. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, it uh, is. I haven't it's yet attained. Beautiful. <laughs> Christianity is just beautiful. <laughs> really, it is. Hmm. I always say that, boy, I need more patience. And God has made it so beautiful that it doesn't matter what everyone around you is saying. People are around you could be saying, oh, you're very patient. You're very patient. But the, the voice of your conscience still says, you need more patience. Mm-hmm. You need to be more patient. But everyone thinks, Oh, you're so patient. You don't complain. But deep within you, your conscience guides you. 
the spirit within you still calls for more. Be more patient. Be more kind. Be more forgiving. Even when you've forgiven, you didn't forgive as early as you should have forgiven. You waited too long. Next time you should let go. Don't go and sleep on it and let it take away your peace. I want it to be more peaceful. Forgive as quick as you can. And that's awesome. It doesn't matter how long you've known God. It doesn't matter how long um, one has been walking with God, how many sermons you've preached, or how mature you are in faith. You can still grow. The one who just got saved is growing. The one who's been walking with God for 50 years is still growing. And so it's, it's, it's a lot of hope for everyone. We are called to marriage. What changed for you after marriage? I want three things. Can you think of three things that changed for you? You could just see that visibly they are changed about your life. Mm, number one, I've grown. Mm. Number two, my vision for my immediate future maybe has changed. And number three, I am a different person. (laughs) (laughs) I know those are all vague, but (laughs) will I even remember them to refer back to them to give more (laughs) detail? Okay, let me work my way backward. So you've experienced growth. That was the first yes, I have experienced growth and that has made me a different person. And I find myself being a different person in other people's lives and other people also playing a different role in my life and stuff like that. So um, I've grown in the sense that marriage is a mirror. I think we've talked about this already, but marriage is a mirror. And there were things that I thought I knew about myself I mean, I did know them about myself, but I'm not, I was, I found out that I wasn't nearly as self-aware as I thought I was. And I found and discovered through Thomas and through marriage that there are things I didn't even realize about myself that I needed to work on. And I've been able to grow in certain areas um, I still have like a really long way to go. Sometimes I feel like I'm not, I haven't grown, but I just know it. I just, I just know it, you know, and other yeah. people tell me. And you get so. feedback, yeah. I was yeah. <laughs> so I know that I have grown and I'm a different person, even in like the role that I play. I think I said this already too. Uh, the role I play in people's lives, like now people view me as a married woman and now I'm like counseling other people in relationships and stuff whereas before i got married i didn't even have a boyfriend until right before thomas that was when i was in china so like my whole 25 years or so first 25 years of life like i didn't have nothing to tell nobody really like maybe i thought i did but now i know that i didn't so i'm a different person hopefully a better person and i play a different role in people's lives and um vision you know like when i looked ahead to the future i was kind of focused on career like how what will i do and also marriage like i really wanted to be in a relationship i wanted to get married and now that it's already happened i have to look to the next thing so for me the next thing is having a family that's part of our you know purpose and vision for our family uh, for our marriage and so I'm looking ahead to that and 
trying to be the best wife I can be, trying to be the best me I can be so that I can be a great mother by God's grace when that time comes. And yeah, so everything in some sense, in direct sense, is in preparation for um, being a mom. And yeah, career stuff has become less clear to me, but also less important. So if it becomes or when it becomes clear, then I'll focus on it more diligently. But for now, I just work to earn a living and like try my best to care about people at my job and along the way of life. But it's not really like something I'm pursuing passionately or something like that. I'm more interested in my building my home life and my marriage and stuff. So what about in, in times of your relationships? Like friends, yeah, dynamics Family. change. Like I said, I play a different role in people's life, lives and people play a different role in mine. So definitely, you know, my, my brothers and sisters are not my immediate family anymore. And that's a big change. Like life after marriage, your new family is your spouse and any children that you may have. So for us, we don't have any. So it's the two of us. And I love everybody. I don't love anybody any less, but it's just like, you know, that's not, they're not the people I, um, need to run to first or anything like that. Like I have somebody right here beside me who I can talk to about everything, who I can sort through my problems with and friends and family and like extended family still play a role in your life, of course. And I need them too, but in a different capacity now. And like there's an added level of respect and there's also maybe an added level of discretion and yeah, I think mm. that answers that. <laughs> yeah. Well, everything you said is true for me. Mm. But to be more specific, mm -hmm. marriage has taught me to be more humble. Yeah, that's the one that readily comes to my mind. It, it's really humbled me because of how we got married. And I, I had to be intentional about being humble and learning humility because... Um, because of everything that surrounded our marriage, I, I just had to be humble from how we got married. And I guess it goes along with trusting God. There is a point where, I don't know if everybody goes through this, but there is a point where you, you go through some cycles in life and you have absolutely no control. You cannot predict the outcome of certain things. You can't control how certain things should go. All you can do is to be, just be. And in our case, being meant get married. But as far as how things were going, dealing with a lot of things here in China, I am a student and I can't be that traditional husband, like the husband who goes out to work and then takes care of the home. I take care of my home, but in terms of providing or being a breadwinner, I, I couldn't do it. And that can be weakening if without the right wisdom to handle that. And thank God I had people around me who gave me a lot of wisdom. And God himself has taught me a lot out of that, just out of that. Within this season of being in China, getting married and not being able to be in control. 
it's really humbled me. I won't lie. It's humbled me to respect the sacrifices that others have made for me. It's humbled me to make myself yield and let people love me. You know, we, we can be proud even not giving. Like, I'm, I'm always the one giving. I'm always the one giving. And life can be like that, where you don't know what it means to be needy. You don't know what it means to, number one, count on God and trust Him, and then go further ahead. I mean, go a step ahead to let people love you and let people help you. Just tell people what your problems are and let them genuinely be interested in you and help you. And that has taught me a lot. It's made me more, I believe, more loving, more concerned about the needs of others because I always tell my wife, I feel like I'm a walking debt. I, I owe so much because I owe my life, what my life is now to everyone around me. Like I have no moral dignity to deny anyone love, to deny anyone help. Because my whole life now has been built on the help of others. My whole life now has been built on the assistance, the support of others, the understanding of others. And what better way to learn through life such that I, I, I don't know how I could have learned this on my own, but now it's like ingrained deeply within me. I can't help but just wonder how are you coping like when i have someone in my life i just want to be there i consciously look around to see how i can be helpful because people around me have taught me that like from my mother-in-law to my father-in-law to my sisters and brothers-in-law to my own parents everyone has really contributed so much to my life that at this point i owe my life to everyone i need and that is good. I believe it's helped me as a Christian. It's helped me understand how to be selfless with reason. It's not that I'm trying so hard to do it, but I have a good reason to care for others. I have a really good reason to want to be interested genuinely in the needs of others. And I like how God used my own marriage to wield that kind of person in me that I don't know if I could have been able to learn or um, chattering on, in my own way. So that's that's the first thing I think about when I imagine after I got married. I also think marriage as, I mean, after I got married, I became more matured in, in terms of my walk with God because a lot of things were substantiated after I got married. A lot of things that I had learned, a lot of things that I had written down from my walk with God and listening to him and how he was speaking to me. I I could check a lot of things. Check, check, check. Oh, that happened. Oh, this happened. Oh, really? It, it happened this way. And it made me want to inquire more because it's there's something that really shoots a man's faith when he has, you know, had some sort of communication with God. And years afterwards, something that he he thought something that he got from his walk with God happens. And it's like, oh, I, I saw this. I, I, we, we, we handled this three years ago and it's happening right before my eyes. It's like praying and getting answers to your prayers. It really shoots a man's faith. Like I always prayed to God to start me from a, low, a lowly point in, in my heart. 
And I think our marriage happened exactly like that. I always prayed that God, if it's possible, I, w- I want you to start me in my marriage from a point where I would be like a baby to you and just take steps and grow together with my wife. I never really admired marriage in the sense of me being accomplished in a lot of things and, you know, even in terms of the word of God, in terms of being a Christian, in terms of a lot of things where I can't be taught a lot of things. I didn't, I, I don't admire that people have married like that. It's okay. But for me, I didn't like it. I always wanted to meet my wife and then start life with her and just mm-hmm. grow with her so that it would limit my pride, even if it comes up at any point in time. And how our life is going now, that is exactly how it's happening. And so I'm telling you, my mouth is just full of thanksgiving. I, I can't thank God enough that I married as a student. I married in the way that we did in China. And, you know, it's it's happening in that humble way. And I it makes me thank God. It's like, oh, yeah, you, you heard my prayer and you, you listened to us. Look where we started. And so when we grow up to a certain point and we look back, I would be able to say that truly you have come a long way with us from where you began with us. And I I saw that happening after our marriage. And perhaps the last thing that I would add is that I became more responsible after we got married. Because I think marriage is a choice that really leads people into responsibility, not only of themselves, but of their spouses and every stakeholder, really dealing with family and dealing with friends, changes in my friendships and leaving things behind and learning new things, talking to new people, learning how to be vulnerable, you know, just getting out of that singlehood or singleness. So I, I realized that I had become more responsible. I had become aware of being responsible, to be responsible in, in different areas in serving in the house, in having sex, in talking about what's wrong with me, paying attention to my wife when she's talking to me about something that I probably sometimes don't even care about. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. Yeah, that's something, life after marriage. I was thinking about that too. <laughs> anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, responsibility calls you everywhere. Being responsible to maintain a good relationship with, you know, keep the new relationships that I, 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 I have like dealing with family and all that. And, and thank God we don't even have a difficult family to deal with on either side. So, yeah, I became more responsible to serve my wife and not always think about myself. There are some restaurants I would never eat at. <laughs> <laughs> but my wife wanted to eat there. So I was like, okay, let's go. That's fine. I'll make it work. There are yeah, some places I would never go, but I did. We've become more alike to the point where... Sometimes I'm, I feel like I'm learning about my siblings when I talk to them on the phone that I'm like to hear their opinions about stuff and everything. It's interesting all over again because it's like they're not the person who's, who I immediately talk to about stuff. Whereas Thomas, I can <laughs> guess what he might say about any particular <laughs> topic. Um, going back to what you said earlier about listening to my things that ain't interesting, that's a different thing. (laughs) That's another thing to make this lighter. Like life after marriage. I mean, I mean, and I had five brothers and sisters, so you can imagine. I mean, I grew up 
um, with all of them. And we all had not all the exact same interests, but we had a lot of the same interests, same Mm. um, sense of humor. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff. So there are shows I like to watch. There are things I like to talk about, which, you know, are not that interesting to Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> They're not his cup of tea, but he he indulges me sometimes in my conversations and stuff. He had one just before this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if I call any one of my sisters, like they'll easily talk to me about those those things or like I can remember I used to sit and watch TV with my brother, my brother, sometimes my brother and my sister, like we did things together and now I do things with Thomas <laughs> and our friends too. We have new friends, you know, mm-hmm. new everything. So that's life after marriage. I still have my old friends and I love them, but I also have new friends now and other married friends and all that kind of stuff. And that's a, a change. And Yeah, food, you know. Yes, yeah, you probably tried some things because I like to try new things. So that's the thing. You you adjust to one another because on the other hand, too, I've eaten probably at the same place so many times that I would have never I would have never repeated the same place and same foods as many mm-hmm. as much as I do with Thomas. So Thomas is the kind of person that once he finds something he likes, he can eat the same thing over and over again. And for me, I'm like, uh, it's really good, but I want to try something new today. I don't know. <laughs> I just want to try something new. And sometimes it fails, you know, but <laughs> it's still, you know, it's still nice now and then to just try something new because when it pays off, then it's it's good. So, yeah, we grow into each other. And that's something after marriage, you become a different person in that sense, too, because you could, you become a little bit of your, in my case, my husband, and he becomes a little bit of me. So that's yeah. definitely a change. <laughs> Another thing that I, I'm thinking of now is prioritizing things. Mm. That was also big. And mm. it came easily to me, but I, I just noticed that oh, my priorities have changed. Like, it, it was so easy for me to just ditch certain things, to not do certain things, and to start doing other things. And I think marriage in itself, I think that's how God has designed it. We're just talking to our friends who are planning to get married. Victor and Joy. <laughs> Victor and Joy. <laughs> yeah. And I was telling Victor, so Marcy was talking to Joy, and I was also talking to Victor. Isn't that wonderful that <laughs> we are now Counseling See what I'm saying? People. Playing a new role <laughs> out here in these streets. Anyway. I started prioritizing things. I started, I like soccer. And I started saying, I'm, there's no way I'm going out to play soccer at this time. If you guys have a game at this time, I'm not coming. It's just simple. I'm, I won't show up. Don't expect me to come if you fix the match at this time. And I, I, I never did that <laughs> when I was single. I wouldn't do that because I like playing. I like soccer and my team always wanted to have me. But it was so easy for me to say no to certain people and to certain things. There were certain people I, could, I, I couldn't talk to anymore. <laughs> and I put certain things ahead of others. I, I want to be home as soon as I'm done with whatever I'm doing outside. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, it didn't always used to be like that. I'm an introvert. I always want to be home. So I'm always in a hurry, but it was like 10 times more that five minutes before time, two minutes before time, like, you better wrap up. I want to get out of here. I want to talk to my wife. I want to go home and see my wife. I want to 
eat with my wife. I, I couldn't eat without her. I would wait for her. It doesn't matter how long it took. I would wait for her so we could eat together. And where, where are all these things from? <laughs> <laughs> it was so wonderful. And it's, it just blew my mind. But that's the beauty of marriage. And that's how becoming one really gets interesting. That I, I'm able to wait. I'm, I'm willing to wait for my wife. As hungry as I am, I would rather wait and occupy myself with something else. Wait for her as she comes and then both of us eat together. And I couldn't walk to a restaurant alone and enjoy something. I, <laughs> I just want to be with my wife here. If I think, oh, it's going to be so fun. I, I want to make sure that she's with me. So I, I would rather call her maybe and say, ah, I want to go to this place. Can we go and have tea? I can't go and enjoy the tea alone. Okay. I mean, it's nice. I'm not saying that I always go out to enjoy things with her. No. Mm-hmm. There have been times when she went out alone to work. She got her tea. She got her coffee. Whatever she she eats, she, she gets and she eats. And I do that sometimes too. But just that feeling of even when you are alone eating, you are still thinking, "Ah, oh, I wish my wife would be here to enjoy this with me. This tea is so good." And even if you don't get a chance to share with her, you, you still want to talk about it. <laughs> you know but, what? I, it just made me laugh out loud. I'm sorry. <laughs> Was it <laughs> the idea that you're saying this tea is so good? Like you keep saying tea is like what's so special about tea? Like, <laughs> but it's like such a part of our culture being here in China. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's all about the tea. It's all about the yep. tea. <laughs> and I'm not even a tea person like that. Like those milk teas and whatnot. I don't take a sorry. lot of milk. Yeah, but especially things that I know you like, babe. Yeah. Like I know you, you you really enjoy your milk teas and your smoothies and all that. And sometimes I see people making orders and I look at the cups and I'm like, wow, my wife would like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nice that you prioritize each other and even in the absence of the other, you're still thinking about them. Mm-hmm. You're still drinking out of the cup, having them in mind that, oh, she's not here, but I still wish I could share this with her and just the deep in in every area in every aspect of life you just want to prioritize your wife I told my mom if I get a if I come home I told you this and I get two or three missed calls it doesn't matter if you called me first (laughs) I'm gonna call my wife first (laughs) and we we just laughed about that just that feeling that you're able to sort through a bunch of things, responsibilities, a lot of things you want to do and still say, no, I want to be with you first. It's beautiful. And I think it even reflects our relationship with God that in in the busyness of life, we still say, oh, no, I feel like it's it's not happened for a while. It's been like, what, 10 hours already into the day and I haven't even said a prayer. I haven't even thought about you and you are quick to be with him like that. It's the same picture that I believe God paints in marriage. And I love it. I'm loving it. It's forming my character. It's growing me. It's making me um, love my wife more and more. And it's beautiful. It's nice. Aw, thanks, Bay. You're welcome. Yeah, so more about being different people, man. You know, that's so true. I just echo the same thing. Even when I'm out with others, and it is refreshing sometimes to be out with others or to be alone, but still, 
somewhere in you, you're always longing for your spouse. I always can't wait to get home. And when I get home, it's like, oh, you know, I miss you, you know? And also for me, this is random, but still like part of the same topic. More changes. I get up and I eat breakfast every single morning. (laughs) (laughs) And it's because it's out of service, really, because I didn't really prioritize breakfast. And I prioritize it for him. And then now also for myself. But initially it was like me doing for me. It was like one of the things that I could do easily every morning is to give my husband Uh, Um, I want to say a hot breakfast, but I don't know. Is it always hot? Most of the time it's hot, but (laughs) (laughs) so, yeah. Um, so now we eat breakfast every morning. It's like a tradition. (laughs) So, and the same way you think about, we think about each other when we're eating, even when we're not eating, but like when I know that you're out now, I have somebody to cook for, like, which is, it's a blessing, even though sometimes I don't enjoy it, but it's, I see it as a blessing. It's like, my husband's coming home, like, I better, you know, think of what we're going to eat or whatever. And it's really selfless because for myself, mm-hmm. even though there's a little bit of selfishness to it, maybe because like as far as what we're going to eat, sometimes I might be thinking something in my head or whatever. He knows <laughs> that. He, he has to read my mind sometimes like, so can we eat this or can we eat that? But I don't always <laughs> say it directly. But <laughs> that's that's assuming we're eating out anyway. But. Um, I can always tell when you want to eat out (laughs) and what you want to eat. But when I cook, I cook because more more often than not, I'm cooking to feed him. Yeah. And I know he appreciates the days when he does come home and there's food. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because she works hard. You, you, You have two classes every day. You have papers to grade. You get us right now. Probably get more time than <laughs> I do. Well, I'm still able to make time, and I, I I respect that. Don't give me too much credit, but it's true. Praise God. <laughs> you, you've been so consistent. Consistent? That's not true. We, we have breakfast every day. That's true. <laughs> That's not true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, the breakfast is consistent because I feel like it's the least I can do and because I feel like and it helps me too to wake up and prepare for class and be and um and you always want to taste something right after you wake up. Yeah, that's the selfish part, but it's more but as far as like um, serving you it's easier than cooking dinner or lunch so i'm like well if i'm going to drop the ball anywhere it really shouldn't be breakfast the least i can do is do breakfast like yeah so that's really why the breakfast is so consistent because the other meals don't always be that consistent <laughs> but right now they are but like I, I can remember i was listening to the living together podcast and we were talking about how i had been cooking the majority of the time since since we came back after the summer Even holiday podcast the Living yeah. Together episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought it was the name of a podcast. Yeah, no, the Living to. Together episode of our podcast. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, this is so not true right like right now in this moment <laughs> where like I'm not really holding it down like that. I, I've been struggling to cook consistently and stuff like that. But I still have been cooking more of the time, I think, still. Because the been. days that we I didn't cook, we just ate out. <laughs> but I've I cooked more again recently so i'm trying to step it up again but it'd be hard because i'd be stressed and yeah whatever, i should, I should <laughs> bounce back to cooking but it's not because 
mm-hmm. occupying myself with a whole lot of things and it's making me vacate the kitchen yeah but longer you know, than i even want to yeah your food is good so if you cook it's always good because it does give me a break and we get to enjoy a different style of food because he cooks differently but i i don't mind eating out if if i if i can't can't cook or and then he doesn't cook if yeah. i don't cook and he doesn't cook but i just appreciate that he doesn't that you don't let me look at you and say <laughs> <laughs> yeah you don't make a big deal out of it you're not like oh like you haven't cooked like i'm like so you know should never be like that yeah eating out is also a plan so <laughs> we have dinner every it's day even if dinner to... is outside somewhere <laughs> exactly <laughs> and i appreciate that you notice that and you don't give me a hard time because sometimes i'd be stressed ah. so yeah i think it's a bad place to have an expectation like that it, it doesn't work expectations do are not bad <laughs> they, they they help us in some areas but it's the worst area to have an expectation mm. it, it's not healthy not at all it should be what we want to do not what i want mm-hmm. it should be what we want to eat i'm more even more concerned about what you are going to eat mm-hmm. i'm as concerned as you are whether i cook or i don't i'm thinking what is she going to eat for dinner and so it gives it makes me more responsible well, well you can cook for her if you can't then you shouldn't also stop her from wanting to go outside and eat and mm-hmm. if you, you can't cook and just go out and eat together and it becomes mutual. And I think that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm going to bounce back to cooking. <laughs> I don't, I don't worry. As <laughs> long as kidding. you're not pressuring me, I'm also not pressuring you. We, we both will do you our thing. You know what though? I also <laughs> intentionally gave you space because it's one of the things that you set out to do, to cook more, to try more recipes. So I remember you saying that in the Living Together episode. Yeah. But I think it's, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the my, prob- that's the problem. Sometimes I'd be trying to, you know, be a better cook and try new recipes, but it takes energy. Like you have to find the recipes and you have to find the ingredients to the recipes. Then you got to actually, cooking takes longer because you're doing something you never did before and you're trying to get it right. And it'd be stressful. Sometimes it, it, it made me delay and like not cook something <laughs> because I, like, yeah, I was in the middle of trying to prepare to do new stuff. Like this, everything I cooked recently, they're not, they're not, well, not every single thing, but some of the things are things that I haven't really cooked. And I know they're simple, but I haven't really cooked them. Yeah, I so, understand you. So, yeah, it took me a while <laughs> to get like mentally prepared and just and everything together to try to do something new. And in the meantime, I should have been cooking old things that I already <laughs> know, but instead I just didn't cook because... <laughs> whatever so anyway this is not even on topic life after marriage (laughs) is all of these little things and but it's a blessing and we're different but i think for the better and we we really complement each other yeah in a lot of ways Mm. yeah you're Mm -hmm. making me a better person yeah, and I think you're making me better. I'm boring too. sometimes. <laughs> and you, you know, you spice me up. <laughs> spice up your life. <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess I also do the same for you. You do. You definitely do. You give me a lot of love and affection. And you give me godly example and leadership. And sometimes it makes me... um. I don't know what's the right word. 
ashamed almost. That's not the word I'm looking for. But anyway, but then it's also pushing me toward growth because he doesn't do it. It's not like he like is down on me or anything. He just lives his life in his way. And I watch him be himself like <laughs> and I'm like, oh, goals like <laughs> goals. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I want my relationship with God to be. That's how I want my daily devotion to be. That, that's how I want to be diligent and how I want to work on my dreams. I watch him work on his dreams. This podcast is made manifest because of Thomas. Like I could have had an idea, but the way that he's managed to carry out his ideas is an example for me. And it'll be an example for our kids one day. And it's really good. So in that sense, definitely make me better too. Now, I wish my growth were faster, but God knows best. <laughs> he does. He knows best. Yeah. Yeah. I think you are growing in the exact way that works for you. My hair's growing. Let's see your hair right there. Anyway. <laughs> I think of myself similarly to how you do. I have things to grow into, you know. I do. You're you're better at communication than I am. And I always admire you in time. I'm not talking about you and I, but in times of <laughs> <laughs> important clarification. <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, your social life. Let's see. I maybe, I always maybe say even this, that I've been I, questioning. I don't know, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember we took that so that test, and I scored higher than you. <laughs> On social? Oh, really? <laughs> I've changed, though, for real. Yeah, I've started questioning how I... <laughs> yeah, but it's actually, you know, I'd be social, though. <laughs> anyway. I'm social. I'm not even talking about who is social or not. I just mm-hmm. like how you... Interact How with you others. interact with others. I sometimes hold myself because I, I, I'm, I can listen, but at the same time, some, I feel like sometimes I'm too deep for people. This is not me boasting, but the kind of questions I'll ask people, I don't know how it, it would make them feel. And I have to learn how to not, how to limit questions like that. But yeah. Those are the conversations that I want to have. <laughs> not just questions. <laughs> <laughs> and comments, right? <laughs> so I have to learn how to tame myself and learn some of the easier ways of interacting with people. And not always, you know, come across as this strange guy talking about all these strange things. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm learning from you. It doesn't come to me naturally. When I listen to you talk, I listen to you and I listen deeply to you. And I ask deep questions as deeply as I listen to you. And sometimes it scares, pe- it scares people. <laughs> and I don't think it's always good to do that. So I have to learn how to... <laughs> tone on that and you are teaching me that mm. yeah That's i'm nice. very present like i'm strongly present in any conversation i have that sometimes it takes away from the fun of the conversation because i'm too serious and that's not always good like i'm saying so you see we compliment each other so sometimes when mm-hmm. we go out and we meet people i just shut up i just shut up and i let you do the talking you you begin with them, you interact. I'll chip in here and there until I see that the postures of the people we are talking to have changed such that, you know, 
they just lit up and they're really ready to have honest, deep conversations. Then I register myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I'm always quiet. I let you go in. And so I, I, it makes me a little bit complex. Sometimes people think I'm a quiet guy. Other people think I'm a talkative. And it's, it's a balance that I'm working on, knowing how to keep quiet, just listen to people and let them come in and come in and come in and come in. And then when they're ready to have whatever meaningful, like really meaningful conversation they're willing to have, then I can also weigh in. And then the two of us will be complimenting ourselves, <laughs> which is good. Mm-hmm. So yeah. life after marriage. <laughs> what about church? You know what changed after we got married? <laughs> what? I, I noticed that the atmosphere around me at church had changed. The way people perceived me, the way people talked to me, what the things that people sometimes asked me to do. Mm. We could be standing like, there could be five of us standing and they would call me to do something. And the others are single men. And I, I just knew that, oh, is it because I'm married? <laughs> There's this drawing forth that kind of in, in, an invitation to be more responsible. Okay, okay now yeah. that you're married, how about praying for these girls? How about doing this? How about doing that? You should be always ready. You should. There's this expectation. It's a positive expectation that calls any serious human being to be more responsible and to help you grow in your faith. And I, I like that. I, I took advantage of that. And I always thought, oh, yeah, that's what it means to be a husband. I should rejoice in this. But I saw that change too. Mm. Uh, it's hard for me to say um, clearly because we also changed churches when we got married. So the church we went to, we were already married there and people perceived us in a particular way, even though they knew we were freshly married and all that stuff. But I think they gave us a level of respect with the other church. We went there as single people and all throughout our stages of our relationship. I don't think people were necessarily um, following or understanding us all along the way because kind of have to be in it to know like <laughs> so um it's hard for me to say clearly but it's true that there's a respect that comes with being married um let's say as far as your role at church for example um and I think it's deserving honestly it's not to put down other people but there's a just the same way that somebody gets a certain respect from just from being an elder whether they're single yeah. or not but Likewise, there's also a respect that comes with being a married person, whether you're young or you're old. Some people get married at a young age, but they still they get a level of respect that that I think is is deserving. Marriage is yeah, it's a calling that um commands a level of maturity, I think. So if you're well married, if I can put it that way, then it deserves some level of respect. Just like motherhood would also, or parenthood, when we become parents, I think it's also going to get give us a different level of of respect and different duties and different maturity and all that kind of stuff. So I look at those people too. I know people younger than me who are parents, and I'm still looking forward to them like, oh, you know, learning. So, yeah. Thanks for listening to Call to Marriage. Hope you learned something. Be encouraged, as I often say at the end of these podcasts 
marriage can seem like really big and scary sometimes because it's a lifelong commitment. But at the same time, there's a lot of good to look forward to. And even the hard things are for your good. And we love you. <laughs>